Hi everybody, you're with Donna and Cheryl from Now Is Your Time and today on our Life Lessons podcast we're speaking to another gorgeous friend of our community and that's Christine Chan and Christine has had um, such an eventful life already and when we met Christine and we spoke to her she had so many lessons that were just brimming that she is ready and really wanting to share with the world to try and pay it forward and use her incredible life lessons which is so humbling um, to help other people out there so we really want to give Christine the platform to do that so hi Christine hi hi thank you so much for the introduction and for inviting me on your platform hi everyone Oh, we're so honoured to have you here, honestly. And as you can tell by Christine's beautiful accent, she is not dialing in from the northeast of England. No. <laughs> yeah, my accents have been messed up. <laughs> it's uh, gorgeous. Yes. You're in California today, right? Yes, I'm currently uh, in Irvine, California. So it's just south of Los Angeles. And it's a long story how I ended up here, but I can share it now. Yeah, we can't wait to hear. So yeah. tell us, where did this all start? Tell us about you. Definitely. So if I were to sum up my story in two words, it's being a global citizen, being <laughs> a third culture kid. So just this year, I moved eight times. So it's pretty crazy. And in my whole life, I traveled solo to over 25 countries and lived in five. So it sounds exciting, right? But of course, this created a lot of fiction because we as humans, uh, we crave stability. So because of this fiction, uh, it created a lot of eventful stories that I'm excited to share and lessons as well. So that's my story. As a profession, uh, I'm a marketing strategist. So I've worked with the Taiwanese government to market uh, our country. So I'm from Taiwan, um, a small little country in Asia. And I've helped the government market Taiwan to India, Vietnam, and the Philippines. So that's my thing. I've always been in marketing strategy. Yeah. And now I'm transitioning uh, into becoming a mindset and personal development speaker and author. So that's the goal right now. Yeah. That's brilliant. I know yeah. you're going to be so successful at that as well. Thank you. Thank you. So that's so how sweet. How did this global citizenship start then? Tell us, start there. How did that come about? Actually, since uh, my, my family business were in tourism. So yeah. since I was young, it's always been going around. And I've always been a rebel. Like I can't stay, I don't like it when a place is, uh, it, it's already enough. I don't like to be the smartest one in the room. So it's constantly, <laughs> as long as there's an opportunity, uh, it's to go out and compete, whether in startup and tech competitions, mm -hmm. uh, because I've dealt with that before, like startups and entrepreneurship, or whether it is to bring students to new places. So that's where it began. So I've always been that ambitious woman. And I feel like a lot of the people in your audience can relate, like the, the ambitious go-getter girl. Absolutely, but, absolutely. Uh, there are so many of us out there now absolutely. too. Yes. And, what, and I think we want to change the world with what we know and what we can share and what we can bring to the world, which is- Definitely, beautiful. definitely. Mm. But, but yeah, but everything changed uh, two years ago. Uh, something eventful happened in my life. Uh, so I've always been, again, that go-getter girl, right? And as a go-getter, you might be able to relate. You sometimes forget that there are people around you. <laughs> For me, that was what happened. I forgot about my family. It was all about drive, you know, ambition. We got to get there, whatever figure that is. Mm -hmm. But two years ago, my mother got diagnosed fourth stage uh, cancer, unfortunately. Uh, because of cigarette smoking 
so it's very very terrible she was back in taipei so i moved back uh to taipei like long term with her and took care of her and uh took the role as a primary caregiver so if you can relate being a caregiver is not fun at all and no one no one talks about it no one talks about it because people are always looking at the patient it's like you have no right to be sad it's like it's all about the patient and i felt that too like there there's a lot of things uh that I felt I didn't deserve to be happy and all of those things. Yeah. Mm. So you were supposed to. Where were you when that happened? Where physically, where were you in the world? What were you doing at that time? Were you doing I, was, I was in Manila. Actually, I was between Manila and San Francisco. So there was that. And then I flew back to Taiwan for that and just lived there. Mm. Yeah, and we were chatting, weren't we, Christine, about there's something to do with your culture. So for all, you'd moved away from Taiwan. Mm. Talk to us a little bit about that, the culture piece. The culture piece, like going back to Taiwan, definitely. So since I was young, I've been traveling a lot, right? And uh, I think as a society, when we look at a person, we think, okay, she is Taiwanese, she's English, she's American, she should act that way. But when I went back to Taiwan, I felt like I was Taiwanese, but I did feel like I belonged. There were a lot of nuances. So people would judge me like, why are you so loud? Like, why are you so happy? Because we can't really smile that big in Taiwan. They will think you're crazy. Like, not big smile. It's just like, you have to be more demure. So I felt like I was an outcast. So there was that feeling too. So going back, it was always raining, just like the UK, <laughs> always raining. Uh, I couldn't relate to anyone. Um, then my mom, it, it was a whole like victimhood kind of environment. That's so, incredible. But you know, I don't, I don't know that we can relate. I think now, especially in the UK, when people get sick and when mm-hmm. our relatives get sick, I think our expectation is kind of like the government or the NHS. Yeah. So mm. these, these carers are going to step in because it's like, I don't think, if I'm being honest, I don't think we really see it as our problem. I think we almost see it as a stage problem and why are they doing more? And right. whereas I think from, you said Taiwanese culture and lots yeah. of other cultures around the world, mm-hmm. you care for your, your, your peers and your elders and your parents. That's part mm-hmm. of your role, isn't it? When you, when you grow up, even if you live away, mm-hmm. you're expected to come back and take that role yeah. as you said mm-hmm, mm-hmm. definitely definitely I can't imagine what that's like you know I mean wait did you give up your job did you take your job with you what was that so that was actually the time that I took the role for the Taiwanese government so it's a blessing in disguise I've always wow. been in tourism but this one is like for the government so that was fun but it's just it's very because the government job is more uh what do you call this um the Chinese that we use there is very uh, traditional oh. it's just like the, the english it's like shakespeare yeah <laughs> in english so it's a different life so transitioning to was difficult but it was good in hindsight mm-hmm. mm. so there's that when, when you were caring for your mum, then tell us about like where were you living what was your day-to-day yeah. life like because it sounds hard but i feel like we can't glance over that because there's so many people out there now caring for people yeah that want to definitely yeah. and this is why i think my message is mainly really for um not just ambitious women but also the ambitious women who have to take the role of a, as a caregiver whether it's your husband it's your boyfriend or your family uh i learned three main things hmm. at 
the hospital. So I lived in the Cancer Institute with my mother. Like literally, I lived with her. So there was the bed of my mom with her like tubes and everything. And I was beside her. Oh right. God. And every day you wake up, you smell the, what do you call this? Not just urine, but the medicine. Yeah, so yeah, that's yeah. the kind of environment I lived in. Mm-hmm. And there was the three main lessons that I learned living in that cancer institute. So the first thing is I was able to face death. Uh, it's the first time that I was able to see death clearly in the eye. You know, as an ambitious woman, uh, it's all about success. But you look at successful people beside my mom's hospital room and you're just like, huh, they're no different than people. And I was, it got me into an existential crisis. What is the purpose of my chasing success? What is the purpose of striving for more if we all end up dying? Mm-hmm. So there's that. But uh, I found solace in Buddhism, actually. So I, I read a lot of Buddhist texts and stoic texts and my conclusion on death is again the question why should we live if we're gonna die is from a beautiful quote by albert camus he's a french philosopher uh existentialist he talks about how living is the best way to say can i say can i say swear words here yes do it. <laughs> okay it's like saying fuck you to death yes yes it you know, it, it's not because you're dying. You're going to live like you're dying. You're going to be like, fuck you. I'm going to live my life to the max. So yeah, that yeah. was my mindset. That I realized, look, everyone's going to die. We are only given a limited amount of time. What are you going to do with your life, Christine? So that was the time when I was already thinking about going into, again, psychology and everything. Because I felt like that was my calling. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it got me into that. So I believe that death is really... Uh, what makes people realize how to live and to start living instead of, you know, watching television the whole day. I mean, no offense, but, you know, we only have one life. So definitely. So, and I don't think we really, until we're faced with it, it is something, isn't something we really deal with. And even when mm-hmm. we do have to deal with death, mm-hmm. we're so uncomfortable. I think as English people as well, probably mm-hmm. like money and death. Mm-hmm. Like you don't speak about hundred. <laughs> it's a taboo. It's a yes. taboo. People are so afraid to talk about it, and I think it is us. It's an ego talking. You can't believe you're gonna die, mm. right? And the moment you have your ego is the moment that there's misery because you can't let go of things that you can't control, like death. You That's know. So yes. That's so. True. And did you learn that from studying the principles of Buddhism, yeah? And Stoicism philosophy and just sitting there and reflecting because, yes, you're really like, when you see people dying like in different rooms, you start reflecting on things. Yeah. Yeah. So there was the, and I wrote, I have a daily journal. So I think that really helped. So I journaled my whole journey in the Cancer Institute in my journal and just writing about, philosophizing about the meaning of life. So that sounds like a book. That sounds like something. Yes. Not not in a depressing way, because yeah. actually the journey about your mom's death was actually one of the things that's brought your life about, hasn't it? And in the hundred percent. It's a glaring what do you call this? It's like life's telling to you, Christine, wake up. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, what are you doing pleasing people? 
with with whatever you're doing you know it's time to wake up so there's that and number two i was love is all we need so again i uh, love is all we need. So looking at all of the people who are passing away, you know, and I see two kinds of people in the hospital. The first one is a, a room with flowers, you know, with cake, with people, with family. And there's the other rooms where there's just one person slowly dying with just a nurse. Mm. So I reflected at the end of life, Christine, who do you want to be? How do you want your life to be? Do you want an empty room with lots of money in the back? Sure, but it's empty. Or do you want a room where it's filled with love and abundance? And at that moment, I said to myself, you're not going to die like that, like alone. You know, what's the point of money if you're doing it all? So Again, love is all we need. And it's the realization that family, friends, these are the relationships that we need to prioritize. So just that. Mm -hmm. No, I love that. Mm -hmm. yeah. I love that. There's so much around that. I could have like a whole hour. Just, <laughs> just going, back to, going back to your first lesson. Mm -hmm. So can you explain to people, because I think people often think as well that Buddhism is a religion. Oh, so right. And it, and it isn't, right? So do you want to explain why Buddhism is so powerful wow wow i can talk a whole hour about buddhism because <laughs> i actually enrolled in a buddhism class in taiwan like Brilliant. literally like learning from the monks mm -hmm. and yeah uh, what do you call this buddhism can be a religion but again it's a philosophy and mm -hmm. uh what buddhism actually it's important to look at where buddhism came from buddhism is a philosophy which is trying to see how we can solve the problem of suffering. So it's just one word, suffering. How do we solve suffering? That's why we have the Four Noble Truths. Mm -hmm. It's all about how suffering is, is a reality and how are we going to solve it. Mm -hmm. And the whole Buddhism philosophy is all about how uh, the way to solve suffering is to realize that there is no you. Basically, it's like there's no ego. Mm -hmm. And how do you learn the art of non-attachment? Yeah. Which I, I think is so relevant now in our age because, you no, know, we talk about success. We talk about uh, being someone. It's always individualistic. Now, there is value in being individualistic, but it becomes a problem when you try, again, to control things you can't control. So Buddhism basically teaches you how to let go. Mm -hmm. of control and let the universe take care of you it's trusting that there's a there's something going on in the world and that is so liberating mm -hmm. yeah i would urge people really if, if you're inspired by what christine's saying as well mm -hmm. to look into it you can get classes on it right. yeah very yeah. much it uplifts you in a very soulful right. way and serving and not definitely and I have a story to share, actually. The one story in Buddhism text uh, that, uh, that changed my life and changed my perspective on death. So, hello? So, can I share it? So, at first, I was very attached. Yeah, I was, thank you. So, I was very attached with my mother's death. So, if you're encountering that, uh, I, I feel you. It's like, I can't let go of her. 
Mm. I just can't. And I, and the Buddhist text that really got me out of it is when the passage says, um, when the water, you put fire on it, what happens? The, then the, the, well, the water evaporates. Evaporates. Yeah. Now with the water, we add, it put it in the refrigerator, what happens to it? Freezes. It freezes. But whether it's ice, whether it's water, whether it's fog, what is it? It's water, essentially. So what it's saying is, it made me realize my mom, even if she leaves this world, Mm. is just another form. Just another form. Just another form. She doesn't disappear. She is just another form. Life just took her. But she is still there, an energy, maybe different, but she is still there. And she came from somewhere too. And that's when I realized you don't lose people. You lose them in physical form, sure, but they're always going to be there. And that gave me comfort in knowing that my mom, as long as I don't forget her, she'll always be with me. So Mm -hmm. I think that's something beautiful about Buddhism. It teaches you that nothing is lost. Mm-hmm. it just yeah. transitions it just changes it's it just changes and it's so comforting mm. mm-hmm. absolutely i love that and, that's a lovely story yeah. and love is all you need so 100 yeah. did, did that help you because i know you you'd had a more turbulent relationship with your mom hadn't you when you lived away and things oh right did right that, how did that conclude did you have the opportunity to come to peace with your relationship with your mom oh my goodness yeah so shoma this is another one so she left us when we were nine years old mm, wow. so there's a lot of hatred i really sorry but hated her yeah hated her because i had to take it my brother was so young i had to take on the motherly role and it's absolute hate you know when my my not my kid i call him my kid already but when my brother goes you know it's a graduation ceremony you know and everyone has mommy and daddy and there my brother has sister it's so weird and he's just like why am i the only one with a sister and i was just like i hated my mother so when just a lot of anger and when she had cancer yeah i was like am i gonna take care of this mom who caused me so much misery mm-hmm. it so much misery and it was very very difficult mm-hmm. and uh so my mom's side relatives i didn't share this but they started calling me so it's filial payeti it's a chinese concept of you have to take care of your mom regardless of how she is so they started calling me like you have to take care of your mom even if she left you because she's your mom then there's a lot of authority figures. And even my mom was like, I'm giving you my inheritance. I, you, so you better take care of me. She's like using money to, to yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, she's yeah. like, you know, I earned so much money for you. So you better come take care of me. Something like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it was a lot of resistance. A lot of resistance. How do you take care of someone you dislike? Mm-hmm. How, like, did you, how did you do with them? What was it getting, what was that like? I can't, when you first, obviously you're in a different place by the end, mm-hmm. but when you arrived there, what resistance did you have? Like, how was that oh, coming you? Oh my goodness, my face. I was not happy. <laughs> like, I was, I can't even, I can't, I, I can't even cry. I want, I'm so mad because why would you smoke yourself to can't, I was so mad. But again, I now know that cancer is not just because of smoking. It's also genetics. Um, but, but I was so mad. Like I, when I looked at my mom, I was just 
fuming. Mm-hmm. And ha- what got me over it, it took a lot of time. It's not like, boom, I forgive you. No. Mm-hmm. That's when I realized forgiveness, it's not, it doesn't come. It's a decision. It's a decision. Yeah. It's a process For- of decision. Yes. Yeah. Forgiveness is a decision. And it took me so many times. Like, I couldn't forgive her. I was like, Christine, come on. Just say, I forgive you. And let's start from there. <laughs> so there was that and I realized like love over fear you know what am I afraid of that she'll abandon me again well she's already dying no offense so she can't leave me any like she so just take care of her like use yeah. all love and don't treat your enemy like how they treated you mm-hmm. yeah my mom left that's me. a really important lesson right yeah. because there's so many people today we harbor hatred yeah. and resentment yeah. and revenge, revenge and bitterness. It is poison. And I always mm-hmm. say, I, I firmly believe that the emotions that you have have a physical impact. So it's yeah. that whole thing. But you're right. Absolutely. It's like poison for you, not yeah. for the other person. Absolutely. So that decision, that, give free, it, that, that decision freedom. of freeing yourself, not them, yes. you free yourself if you decide to forgive somebody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to do. It's hard. It, it's it's hard. But... If you're encountering this right now, just remember that uh, you're going to regret if you don't take care of him or her. Mm-hmm. Because you had the opportunity to, and I think the universe, again, as Tony Robbins says, life happens for you. Yeah. Maybe there's a lesson there. So you're right. It's difficult, but, but just do it. Again, like, like you said, for the sake of your mental sanity as well. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you went through all of this, like you said, it was almost like a why. It must have been a why me? Why have I got to go back to a country that I don't live in, to a culture yeah. that I'm not part of anymore, to it's, a mum to a mum that abandoned me, and live in a cancer institute, <laughs> who are dying, and watch death, and watch death. You must have been thinking, what did I do? <laughs> Somebody tell me. Oh my goodness, I was exactly just what you said i was like why is this happening yeah Mm -hmm. yeah and to add to that you know when it starts raining it starts to pour too you know and i talked to my dad about it he got mad at me because my dad took care of me right yeah and he was like why are you going back to your mom to take care of that so it was like stuck in the middle and he got mad so i felt more alone so there's Mm -hmm. that yeah so Mm -hmm. but yeah but got over it but yeah. out of all of that, exactly, you've, would you say you've learned some of your biggest lessons actually from that? 100%. I believe like your struggles really shape your character. Mm-hmm. Really. And my mindset at the latter part of it, I was like, this story is going to help people who are going through the same thing. And cancer is an epidemic. Yeah. And yeah. if you can get through this as a caregiver, you can help a lot of caregivers around the world. Um, yeah, it's it's definitely life life changing. Yeah, it's funny how death has been life affirming for you, though. I definitely, think that's a beautiful thing that you yeah. take right. into something. Yeah, right. Some people could be sitting there going, "God, I had all that, and then I had all that," but you've actually turned it into something positive for yourself, which yeah. is just Amazing. you know incredible. And I, I, I want to have done that. So thank you. And I have to say. Um, really like the books you surround yourself with is so important during that time it's so easy to just listen to let's say Ed Sheeran or just like sad songs crying you know but (laughs) but you can't do that to yourself honestly which goes to my third lesson self-care you know the first few days I was there I was eating junk I couldn't move I was so mad at the world 
I yeah. couldn't take care of my mom like that. I was like, what are you going to do, Christine? So again, self-care, you can't love if you're not full. So yes. it's so important to take care of yourself and to be mindful of your environment. So during that time, I was on personal development like steroids. It was like Tony Robbins, Tom Billy, like everything. <laughs> Like just to just to stay strong, which I think is so important. You can't do it alone, honestly. Yeah. In a tough situation, you need podcasts like this to help. Yes, to help you because honestly, like you, if you think you're that strong, honestly, you're gonna break down, mm-hmm. and it's ugly. So it's good to have support around you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, mm-hmm. That's just so, just amazing. Isn't it? Yeah. Inspirational. Inspirational. You Thank you. So proud of you in a non-patronizing way for everything <laughs> that you've gone through. Yeah. And that you're brave enough to share those lessons. And you mm-hmm. have literally got to write that book. That journal, yeah. I feel, is there like for a reason to help share in a really powerful way with more people in the world. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. So is there any, so you, you've got three main lessons. Would you distill mm-hmm. that? into any one sentence that you would want to share as your life lesson that you would want to impart with everybody today Christine sure so I'm assuming your audience are all very very intelligent smart people mm-hmm. definitely Absolutely. so what I'm gonna impart is succeed with love mm-hmm. don't ever don't ever forget love because mm-hmm. at the end of the day with all your money in the bank, what is the purpose of everything? So succeed with love. Chase your dreams, but don't ever forget the people around you because life is so short, you know? So there, succeed with love. Thank you so much, Christine. We're so pleased that you've taken the steps to share this with us today. And thank you on behalf of everyone who's listening, who I know will, will resonate with so many people out there today. So thank you. Thank, Thank, you. You. Thank you. Thank you.